The Israel Report with Rolene Marks. Well, we've just gone at 19 minutes past five. If you just joined us, welcome to the 101.9 Afternoon Overdrive. And joining us now is Rolene Marks from our Israel correspondent from Israel. Rolene, good afternoon. Thank you for joining us again. Good afternoon. Always good to be back here. Great. So let's get going because I've got a three-prong question to start off with this afternoon. Ooh, We're dealing with three-pronger. Yes, a three-pronger. We're dealing with the protests now. So my question to you is, what are they all about? Who is protesting? And what is uh, the infamous Ben Gavir? What is his response to this? Well, I think there'll hardly be a broadcast <laughs> uh, as long as this government is uh, in power where we don't discuss uh, something related to Ben Gavir. Sure. But uh, what are the protests about, you ask? Well, they're about a lot of things. There is a lot of pushback against this uh, current coalition government. And while Israel is a democracy, it is the right of the people to voice their discontent and protest. So uh, there have been quite a number of protests. There were protests just as the government was sworn in against some of the policies. We spoke about it as the government was being sworn in at the Knesset. There were then subsequent protests over the following weekend, mostly from the LGBTQ plus community and supporters against some of the policies that certain members like Avi Maoz of the Noam party, who uh, is openly uh, homophobic. Uh, Some of the members of the Otma Yehudi, that is the party uh, held by Ben Gavir and Smotrich, um, also uh, openly homophobic. And many Israelis are concerned about what we see as the possible erosion of civil rights for members of our uh, LGBTQ plus community. Then we've had a lot of protests this weekend, tens of thousands of Israelis protesting against uh, the plans to overhaul our Supreme Court. As I've said mm-hmm. many, many times on our show, and I'm going to say it again, uh, Israel's Supreme Court, because we don't have a constitution, is the necessary watchdog. It's the checks and balances. We have a declaration of independence that enshrines the rights of minorities, that enshrines our civil rights, and it is the role of the Supreme Court to protect that. Does the Supreme Court need reforms? That is uh, another discussion. Uh, but what people are mostly concerned about is the prospect of the override law, which would see a Knesset majority of 61 members of Knesset or MKs have the authority to overrule uh, rulings coming from the Supreme Court. So that is basically the gist of what Israelis right now are protesting about. Certainly it appears that there's a, there's a visible, there's a notable escalation going on, uh, as you mentioned, the uh, sort of beginning of this week. Well, absolutely. You know, uh, Israelis are, are, are not shy of expressing their concerns and, and their opinions and are not going to hold back uh, as long as uh, we legally can from expressing ourselves. Sure. Also, um, um, is it, uh, if I've got the pronunciation correct, Rolene, help me on this, Moshe Yalon. He's the former um, chief of staff of the Israeli Defense Forces who served as Israel's defense minister under Benjamin Netanyahu. That was back in 2013. He's also been weighing in on this. So what exactly is his angle regarding these protests? 
Well, first of all, you pronounced Ya'alon uh, perfectly. Thank you. Moshe, I got that uh, right. Boogie Ya'alon. It's, <laughs> it's customary here to, <laughs> to call people by their nicknames Bibi, Bougie, in this case, Boogie Ya'alon, the former IDF chief of staff, right. was very concerned by Ben Gavir telling police that uh, they need to start arresting any protesters that uh, protest in the streets or hold up for traffic. Now, we can understand frustration around that, but while Israel is a democracy and it's the benchmark of a democracy, something that Ya'alon has stated emphatically, in fact, he said he calls on the police chief, Kobe Shabtai, uh, to protect his officers from having to arrest protesters, saying that, you know, it's, it's the right of Israelis, it's the right of anyone living in a democracy. And of course, it works both ways to be able to protest, and that right must be respected. Now, Ronin, it's going to be very interesting to see what's going to transpire this week. Uh, right now, how does it appear, very quickly, how does it appear right now? Uh, how do things look as we speak? <laughs> Well, there are ongoing protests. In fact, uh, there was a, uh, a woman who was cautioned uh, while getting on the train earlier today for having an anti-government T-shirt. Uh, and also, there were uh, people arrested in Beersheba earlier today for being aggressive with protesters uh, who are anti-government. the So it does work both ways, and Israelis will exercise their rights to express their opinions. Indeed, Roland, we'll probably get another update on this tomorrow. Let's move on now to uh, something more along the lines of our profession, uh, communication. So the, the communications minister is threatening to shut down the public broadcaster. What's happening here? Well, this is another huge concern. This is the new communications minister, Shlomo Kahi. He was addressing a uh, conference on digital journalism at Reichman University, and he says that uh, he intends to uh, shut down Khan, that is the national broadcaster, and uh, Army Radio, as well as, in, in his opinion, um, some of the regulatory bodies. He says, you know, there is so much... Uh, uh, of choice. There's a wide range of channels to choose from. Do we need a public broadcaster, especially in light of the fact that the public broadcaster is critical of the government? These are, these are very critical words uh, of the government and still receive government funding. He says there is no need for a public broadcaster. Now, uh, you and I are journalists. Uh, I am of the belief there is always a need for a public broadcaster uh, that represents the uh, the public, uh, that uh, um, expresses the concerns of the public, and shutting it down because uh, on the one hand you say there is a wide range of choice, but on the other you say that it is too left-leaning or it is critical of the government goes against everything that we believe as uh, as a free press in a democracy. It is vital for the media in any democracy, whether it is South Africa, the State of Israel, the United States, the United Kingdom, Sweden, anywhere in the world where there is an operating democracy, for the press to have the freedom and the ability and the trust of the public to be able to call out 
the government, where we think the government is not living up to expectations or mandates or is deserving of criticism, something somebody should have told uh, a former prince who released memoirs, just saying. But it is absolutely critical. And he was heckled by attendees saying, you have to uh, protect the freedom of the press. And this is not doing that. Rowling, before we move on to the next question, I just wanted to ask you very quickly, Army Radio, what exactly is that? I've never heard of an army radio. <laughs> well, not until now. So what exactly does this encompass? What exactly is, does this involve? Well, this is a radio station that is operated by the Israel Defense Forces. And, and, and it is a place, uh, it's actually a very, very credible and reputable source of, of information. And um, it, it, while it is operated by the Israel Defense Forces, it, it does express a wide variety of opinion. Also plays some really, really good music, but it is one of the most uh, credible and trusted radio stations that uh, is on the air in Israel. Wow. Okay. I'll try and listen to it sometime, uh, Rolene. Uh, just one more question left. Um, the Negev Summit in Abu Dhabi. Please tell us what's going on here. Well, this is very important because this speaks to a topic that you and I are quite passionate about, which yeah. is the Abraham, Abraham Accords. Accords. <laughs> so, uh, as we speak over the last couple of days in Abu Dhabi, which is the capital of uh, the United Arab Emirates, having moved from uh, its uh, inaugural summits, which took place in the Negev, hence the name Negev Summit. Right. And this includes our Abrahamic and our peace uh, partners with the exclusion of Jordan who, who have opted not to attend who have attended in the past but these are our uh, partners, the UAE Bahrain, Morocco, Egypt, Morocco uh, the United uh, States and up for discussion are things like trade, the economy food and water security and what I find very very interesting is education and tolerance which I think will be a cornerstone of these accords moving forward which is tolerance education. Well certainly uh, I, I reported today in my podcast that the United Arab Emirates is going to be introducing Holocaust education into their curriculum. <laughs> It's absolutely a, a, a massive, massive moment for the Middle East because we live in a region where Holocaust denial mm -hmm. is, is still rife. So this is proof that peace takes wings, is taking root and is bearing fruit. All those wonderful <laughs> cliches. Sure. But this is a massive step towards uh, tolerance building in uh, the region. Well, Rolene, uh, we've run out of time. Always great chatting to you. I'm sure tomorrow we're going to be talking a lot more about those protests. But let's leave it for tomorrow, Wednesday. Rolene Marks, our Israel correspondent, joining us from Israel on the latest on the Holy Land.